0: Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, John O'Halloran, a.k.a. Chalk Dinosaur. Just released a new album, Fire on the Beach. If you haven't heard it yet, you can listen to it on Spotify or Bandcamp or anywhere else you would listen to music. If you have a question you'd like me to answer, or if you have a topic you'd like me to discuss on this podcast, send an email to chalkdinosaurpodcast at gmail.com. So for this episode, uh, what I'm doing is I. I posed a question on Instagram. The question was, what is your greatest challenge as a musician or music producer? And some people responded. So I'm going to address their thoughts uh, and give my own thoughts on um, what they said was their greatest challenge. So the first response I'll address is from Simon H. And he said... In response to the question, what is your greatest challenge as a musician or music producer? His answer was, staying creatively inspired by a song after that initial burst fades. Wow, I have so much to say about this topic. Um, I'm going to try to give the short answer first here. Um, I think one thing that's important is to try to work fast. Because the longer, at least for me, the longer I sit in an idea you know, that that initial feeling does fade and your perspective on the vision of the song fades as well and gets kind of warped. So try to get as far as you can as fast as you can. Like, prefer, like in that first session, just try to just get as far as you can. Finish it if you can, or at least get, get it to the point where like all the structure's done and the melodies are there and like you're just doing refinements after that. But try to take it as far as you can, as fast as you can. That's always that's the first advice, um, and and tactic that I would try to use. Just try to capitalize on that feeling of inspiration when you have it. And I also understand there are times when you can't always do that. And there are times, there are certainly times when I can't always do that. I've got a bunch of music that I started months ago that I had to put on the back burner. Um, and finish this album that I just released. So when I go back to those, I'm going to be in a totally different situation, just headspace, just, you know, all this time has elapsed. Um, I didn't just come up with the idea, so I don't have that burst of excitement about it. So what I'm hoping is that I really haven't listened to those ideas very much. I haven't reopened those projects since um, I kind of put them down to work on the Fire on the Beach album. So my hope is that, you know, by having that time away from them, when I go back to them, I'll be fresh, fresh perspective on them, and uh, hopefully just, I'll be excited about what I have done so far. And if I'm not, if I'm not feeling creatively inspired by them, um, here's what I'll do. I'll, I'll listen to what I have done Which, at this point, for most of these ideas, it's maybe 50%, 40% done. It's like, I've got maybe like one or two kind of cool sections, but they're not really fleshed out that much. If I'm not feeling creatively inspired, I'm probably going to try to just make an objective decision. Is this idea worth finishing? Um, and if I think that, yes, I want to finish this idea because I really like this eight bar loop I have, or I really like this thing, then, you know, sometimes you're not inspired and you can't always count on that. And so when you don't have that feeling, what you have to do is you just have to make yourself sit down with the song and just try to finish it just try to make the best decisions you can and try to do your best to make decisions because that's, that's really what it comes down to. To finish a song when you're not feeling inspired and the answers aren't all coming to you, you have to try to make decisions. You have to make decisions to finish the song. Like, what, what should the song do next? And you have to be okay with uh, making wrong decisions sometimes, um, but you've got to try... And it's uncomfortable sometimes to sit down and not really know what to do and just have to try something, not knowing if it's going to work, but just try it. If it doesn't work, try something else. And eventually, hopefully you get to something that, you know, you like after you try certain ideas and hopefully that can restart your momentum And a lot of times that, that's kind of what will happen. Like I'll pick up an old song that I haven't worked on in a while and something I'll, I'll do something, kind of crack open some new door in that idea that gets me excited again. And, and then, you know, then once you have your momentum back and you've opened this new door or you've seen a new perspective on the song that excites you, then you can, um, then you can finish it a lot easier but sometimes you don't get that and still if you i feel like at that point it's just by mental force you just have to make the decisions whatever decisions you have to make to finish that song and sometimes that's really hard to do because every i feel like every creator every music producer composer has a perfectionism built in a very critical ear towards their own work and because they have their ideals we all have their ideals like this is the music that i like this is the way i want my music to sound like i want it to be on this level and if it's not there that can be discouraging and you can it can make you not want to finish a song because you can't think of any decisions to make that are going to make your music match your ideals. But the irony is that to get to the level that you want to be at, you have to go through that start to finish, finishing a song, finishing a lot of songs that aren't at your ideal. You have to be okay with doing that, and you have to do it a bunch of times. And gradually over time, your baseline level will get closer and closer to your ideal. I mean, that's what's been happening for me, because I'm definitely not at the level of my ideal yet there are certain artists that i listen to and i just wonder like how did they get their sound so clean and so so like well produced um just like there's certain artists i really admire their production and songwriting um oliver his productions are always so well produced and tight and everything's so well neatly put together like air um Todd Terje, the new Smack album, Pleasure Center. Um, Tame Impala, like his uh, Currents album. There's a... So there's still a lot of music out there that I haven't reached my ideal when I'm working on a song, but you can't let that stop you from making decisions that you need to make to finish the song. You have to be okay with not being there yet and focus on finishing the work instead of not making a decision because it's not going to be the perfect decision. Um, You just have to do the best you can do at the current moment. Try your best and accept the way it is when uh, you do your best and then move on because it's really just the repetition over time that's going to get you to where you want to be. So I think the worst thing you can do, at least in my opinion and an experience, the worst thing you can do is when you're, you know, going back to a song, you're maybe not as creatively inspired as you were. I think the worst thing you can do is just to freeze up and not make any choices and just kind of really let the momentum die. Like, I think you need to power through the uncertainties and the insecurities, make decisions the best you can to finish the piece of music, but always know that, like, you can come back to it. And the thing is, when you finish a piece of music, when it's finished, you know, yeah, you might not think it's perfect. Um, it might not be exactly where you want it to be. But once it's finished and it's in like a finished form, even if it's not perfect, something changes about that in your brain, at least for me. And yeah, maybe it's not perfect. It's not where you think it could be yet. But once you've finished it, and then you go back and listen to it, once it's a finished piece of music, for one, there's like a great feeling of satisfaction that you have this completed piece of music that it might not be um, totally up to where you want it to be it's a complete piece of music. Like it's something you could show somebody like here is a song that I made and um, that gives you a feeling of fulfillment, momentum, like that feels good. And then beyond that, like if you're listening back to this finished piece of music, a lot of times you have a better perspective of like, Oh, okay. That part, is not working or something like that part needs to be cut out or like this part is rubbing me the wrong way. And then you could kind of go and spot change something if you really, really, uh, if it was really bothering you. But for me, like most of the time, once I finish something and it's like in a finished form, I'm listening to it in my car, like I'm showing people, I don't change it. It's, it like becomes that in my mind and like, I accept it and I move on and I take what I learned and I apply it to the next thing I do. And, um, you take that momentum and you keep it rolling and it grows stronger with every project that you complete. It's a lot different than if you just have this open project that like is not done. It doesn't have like a solid form, um, the enormity of that task is is like somehow different than looking at a piece of finished music and being like, all right, this part needs to change or like this part just needs to be cut out or like this part needs to be longer maybe or something. But honestly, for me, like I never go back and change things once I've finished them quote finished like, because I could, I could keep working on the same song for months, years, and and still just keep tinkering with it and like maybe maybe making it a little better but a lot of times if i if i keep working on a song for too long the opposite happens and it starts i start to just lose that initial whatever it was i had that i had captured in the initial sessions like if i if i overcook it it'll it can start to go backwards away from you know the initial energy and vision that was there so work fast Make decisions, like, just be as decisive as you can. Don't spend too much time listening to it if you can. I know that's really hard, but try to... Try to spend your time working on the song. Be decisive, make decisions, and know that you can always go back and change the decisions. But I, I from what I've found is that, like, the instinctive decisions that you make, that I make, almost always are the ones that stick. So if I record, like, a million different things for like the guitar or something. A lot of times it's like the first thing within the first like five ideas that I record those are the ones that end up getting used. And then I might record a bunch more like expanding on that idea but like that initial melody or idea or something so many times it's It's one of the first things that comes out. And then, like, the more I do it, the more unfocused it gets and, like, the more I kind of lose the essence of whatever the song is. And so, yeah, work fast, be decisive, and be okay with making mistakes and not being at your ideal because you can always go back and change it and you're going to have a better perspective on what you should do to change it once you've made decisions and taken the song to completion, you're just going to have a better perspective and you're going to have a better ability to to make decisions, which is, I, I feel like that's a, like a muscle, being able to make decisions. Um, and every time you make a decision, you're kind of overcoming a lot of insecurity. You have to overcome a lot of critical thinking, like, uh, you know, critical thoughts, like, this isn't good enough, like, I don't know if you just have to make decisions, do whatever you know feels like the best decision to you. Don't overthink it, and go through the process of starting and completing a song as many times as you can. Honestly, a lot of the songs that I make, well, not a lot of them, but the majority of them, I'd say like eighty percent. 70 to 80% is done after the first session and all that needs to be done after that is kind of polishing, refining, like small details, but like the, the main meat of the song is there and it's, it's done. Um, this happened with a lot of the tracks off the album I just released, Fire on the Beach. Um... You walk away from that first session, and the song is like almost done. But uh, Simon is right; it it is very difficult to do that last like twenty percent. And I feel like that that's like the not fun part. It's still fun, and it's really satisfying when you when you finish it, and uh, if you're happy with it, it's still fulfilling either way. Just to have completed an idea. But, um, yeah, it is kind of a grind to get through that last 20%. And I think what makes it so difficult for me and for um, a lot of other people, I would imagine, is um, you have to make so many decisions. And, you know, if you're feeling indecisive or you're feeling... Like, you're not sure about what to do to finish the song. I kind of have a theory that that is... It's like a perfectionism that's really stifling. Um You're unable to make a decision because you want it to be the best decision, and you're just not convinced that any of the ideas you have are the best decision. And... um you know, it's it's perfectionism and it's insecurity about whether or not you're making the best choice. And um, so I feel like it, it takes a bit of mental kind of bullheadedness to just force yourself to make decisions. And also, you know, allow yourself... To not make the best decisions and and be okay with it. Um, Because I think, at least in my experience, the most important thing is that you keep moving forward and that you keep going through that process of taking a song from start to finish and completing it. And, um, you know, so my first advice is get as much done as you can as soon as you can when you have that feeling and if you're you know sometimes it's not always possible to to finish it Um, there's certainly a lot of ideas that I currently have that I started months ago and then I kind of they've been on the back burner because I've been working on this other album so when I go back to those songs you know that initial feeling I had it's going to be different Hopefully, I'll still be excited about them. Um, But my plan is for that, and and I've done this with other albums, like the Sunset album, which is a long album, uh, Flow State. Some albums where I've had a similar situation where I've got a bunch of ideas that I like, but they're, you know, they're very short, um, and I need to make them into full songs. And... What eventually I ended up doing for these albums is I would just, I just had to sit down and focus on one at a time and just take it linearly. Like, um, here's a, you know, there might be a song that I'm not, I like it, but I'm not, it needs to be finished and I'm not exactly sure what to do with it. So uh, I will just work on that song um, and try to finish it and not do any other songs or writing. I will put all other, you know, writing and stuff on hold until I finish that song. And so I guess I kind of just make it a priority and I take that song, I open it up and I sit down and I just try to make a decision like, okay, what needs to happen next in this song? And I I try things, and you have to be okay with trying things and them not working. Sometimes you kind of have to trudge through the mud to get to the finish line with some of these songs. But, and it's been like that for a lot of songs, and, you know, it feels good when you finish it. And, um, again, I think... The more you go through that process of forcing yourself to make decisions to finish a song, the better you get at it, and the easier time you have letting go of the insecurities and the perfectionism and just accepting the music, what you have. Um, and I know, you know, some people may think that while you're shortchanging yourself by not giving this song the time it deserves, or something like that. And, you know, I think... I just, I don't believe that, um, because... There's a certain point, I feel like, when you're working on a song, and you can kind of, you feel like, well, I'm not really making it any better, um, I'm just making it different, and whenever you get to that point, at least for me, it's time to just wrap it up and do whatever I have to do to make it done. Just make an ending, just like consider, you know, a lot of times I get in over my head trying to add a million different sections to a song. And sometimes what that means for me is simplifying and just being like, all right, well, it doesn't need to have these other two sections that I was initially like kind of thinking about, but it feels forced now and I can't make it work the way I want. So I'll just scrap that idea and just simplify it. Um, you know, there's a lot of songs out there that are just one chord progression for the whole song. And sometimes I need to remind myself, you know, it doesn't have to be, you know, five different movements to, to be a complete song, you know, just needs to have a beginning and an end and the middle. So a- another thing, staying creatively inspired. Um, you know, if you work on a song for too long, sometimes you can lose perspective. You can get, you can get a kind of uninspired just because you've you've been listening to it so many times and in that those scenarios sometimes it is better to to move on to another song um if you really feel like it's got a lot more potential that that uh you you haven't tapped into yet um if it really means that much to you then yeah put it on the back burner and and move on to something else and come back to it and if you're not feeling inspired when you come back to it what i would do is i would just make whatever decisions i need to make to finish it with the understanding and you know the deal with myself that i can go back and change it If i think of something better but if i don't think of something better or if i continue you know a lot of times i'll do that i'll finish the song i'll just kind of push my way through slog my way to the finish line um just forcing myself to make decisions just making the best decisions i can uh, in that scenario and just accepting you know whatever outcome um whatever the outcome is of my best decision at that time and a lot of times you know pretty much all the time i never go back and fix it or not fix it but like i never go back and change it um, if i have indeed quote completed the song Um, usually once i quote complete the song once i finish it and it just that kind of like solidifies in my mind. I start listening to it in the car. That just becomes the way it is, and um, and I grow to like it that way. And I and I lose the desire to continue tweaking. So I would say sometimes you d- you don't maintain the same inspired feeling that you have, especially if a lot of time has elapsed since you initially came up with the idea. So I think the best thing you can do is try to listen objectively and just make the best decisions you can, but make decisions. Uh, Don't just listen to it over and over and over again and, and not do anything. Just try to make the best decision you can, all of the best decisions you can, and you know, be okay with accepting it, however it comes out, and move on. And uh, if you listen to it later, after you've done some other music, and you and you feel like, Ugh, like, this needs to be changed, you know, maybe you'll listen to it later. You'll have some ideas when you have a fresh perspective on how it should be better, and then you can go back and and you could change it if you wanted. Um. I guess there have, that's usually what I do. There have been some instances where I have, I've given a song a lot of time to sit, um, waiting for, waiting for the right thing. Like an example was, there was a song called True Care off of the EP Word of the Soul. And that was a song that I made the instrumentals to, at least like all the, most of the main parts, I think I added one section, but I had the instrumentals. I really liked them, but I felt like it needed something else. Like it needed lyrics, needed vocals. And I didn't have, I, I couldn't find the right words for it. I couldn't find words that I felt did the instrumentals justice. So I kind of just put it on the back burner, didn't think about it for a couple years. I didn't finish that song until two years later. And it, it wasn't like I was working on it for two years. I I did pretty much all all of it in one day in 2018. And then I would listen to it every now and then, and be like, what does this need? Needs lyrics. And then in in 2020... I, I finally focused on, all right, I'm going to try, I'm just going to try to write some lyrics to this. Um, because a lot of times that's, that's like what it comes down to is just like, are you going to sit down and try, even though it's uncomfortable and you might not know what to do, are you going to try and like be okay with trying something and it not working and then trying something else? It's very uncomfortable though if you don't know what to do to try something and see what see what happens but um that's what I did with the lyrics. I sat down and I I just, you know, tried to come up with some vocals for it. And at that point in my life, I did have something that, you know, needed to come out. Um and it it finally came together and so that was one song where I didn't rush it out. I I just uh, was okay with not finishing it until I had what I wanted. But most of the time, it's not that crucial for me. And in fact, it I find that it really stifles my cre- creativity. And I think it slows my growth as a producer and a songwriter. If I allow myself to not finish songs, and uh, just not make decisions. So, my advice would be, just try and finish it. Just do the best you can, right now, to finish it. With the understanding that if you're really unhappy with it when you're done, uh, you could go back and you can change it, and you could... But you, you want to finish it first, and then you will have... It just feels different when you have something that's complete. Maybe you might not be 100% satisfied with it, but maybe you'll have a better, more clear idea of like what needs to be different about it now that it's in like a completed song form. There's just something very different about having something that's completed and like, eh, maybe like you're not happy with a certain part of it versus something that's not complete and it's just an open project there's i don't know it, there's something some kind of weird mental thing there but it feels very different and i think it might give you some more perspective if you just try your best to finish it and then once you finish it then walk away from it for a little bit work on something else come back listen to it uh, and see what you think. See if see if you, you might find that you're happy with it. A lot of times, that's what I find. I, I find I'm either happy with it, or I know what I need to do, or have a better idea of what I need to do to finish it. What I would need to do to make me more happy with it. So this next, uh, let's move on to the next Um, response I got to that question. The question that I asked, in case you forgot, is what is your greatest challenge as a musician or music producer? And, uh, Cameron W. responded, realizing time put into beat does not equal goodness of said beat. So, this one's pretty similar, um... And I totally understand this, uh, as well. When you, sometimes you, you put a ton of work into a song or beat a a track and it doesn't, uh, you're really fighting against it. And it's not, it's just not sounding like, it's just not sounding that good to you. And it's kind of odd because Sometimes I will put a ton of time into a song or a beat and it won't sound any better than a beat that I made in, you know, three hours. And that's not like, that's a pretty regular thing, um, that I've noticed. And I produce a ton of tracks for, for TV, um, stuff, So, I get to see all the time, like, sometimes some of those beats, you know, I try to make them in three hours or less, and sometimes some of those sound amazing, and they sound, you know, just as good or better than some of the Chalk Dinosaur tracks I make, that I spend weeks or months sometimes, like, trying to uh, really refine so it's, it's interesting, and it, and it just kind of strengthens my conviction that I think the best choice is to do the best you can with the material you have in front of you at that moment. Do the best you can to finish it. Uh, don't linger on it, and especially when you get to a point where you feel like you're not really making any progress anymore or you're, it's not, you reach a point where you feel like you're, it's not getting any better. It's maybe getting different, but you don't, you've kind of lost that momentum. Whenever I feel like that, I mean, in rare times, like if I keep banging my head against the wall, I'll find something cool that kind of revives my interest in the track or like the way I feel about it. But Usually I find it's best just to finish it and move on and, and start a new one, but make sure you finish it um, because the more times you go through that process from start to finish of making a finished piece of music, just doing the best you can with that with that piece of music, the better and more efficient you're going to get and the more frequently the the time you put into a beat is going to just be paid back, um... greater. Like... I should also say that... sometimes when I'm working on certain beats, or recordings, it'll sound great with minimal effort. I, I, I don't have to do that much. It's some kind of combination of the sounds I chose, or uh, the parts I played like something with the arrangement there's like certain factors that make certain recordings just come together easier and make certain ideas and songs just flow out easier and you know those are the ones that you want but if you spend all your time really fighting this one beat that's like giving you a hard time you know you won't get to that idea that comes together easily. So I feel like, for me, like, if I'm really fighting an idea and it's just not, I can't get it to work right, the way I want, I just try to finish it and move on. And eventually I get to a beat or an idea that comes together real easy and and sounds you know much more pleasing in the way i want it to sound with less effort but you know if i spend all my time you know hammering on this beat that's that's being difficult then i don't get to the i don't get to the easy better idea so i think the, my thoughts are kind of the same on this I feel like it's, it's very helpful to focus not on the goodness of making one beat but just to focus on how many beats you can finish. Because the more beats you can finish, the better your quality and the more goodness you're going to get just gradually over time. The more you finish, the more times you go through that process there's going to be a gradual increase. And then you're going to get to a point where almost everything you make is going to be to the, the goodness level that you want, or at least like a much higher percentage. Because that's, that's, I mean, that was what happened for me. And if, I mean, if you go to johnohalloran.com where I post all of my music that I make for for anything, it's there's over 1,300 tracks on there. But if you go back to the very first ones, um, you know, you can hear a big difference in, you know, you can, it, it sounds like I'm just starting out and, and it's, my singing's bad. I don't like my lyrics. Like there's always something I like about those old ones. Like there's some melody or something that's, that's cool about it. But like in terms of production quality, um, You know, it was definitely not, it didn't sound to me where I wanted it to be. But my strategy then was just to try to make complete songs. I guess I didn't really care if they were as good as I wanted them to be. I just did the best I could, finished it, and and moved on and tried again on the next song. And over time... Gradually and steadily, you know, the baseline quality just kept getting better until it got to a point where I was able to make music that I found really um, enjoyable and, like, I was very satisfied with. But it took, you know, several dozen completed tracks to get to that point. So that's my that's always my biggest advice. Just be okay with things not being where you want right now. And don't focus on trying to make one track right straight to the level you want. Just keep making completed tracks. And over time, like your quality is going to get better and you're going to get better at, you know, making things sound the way you want. Because with every process of making a track from start to finish, when you start fresh, every time you go through that process, you learn so much. And something I learned or noticed is that I would be working on a song putting a song I'd be putting a song together and it would come together pretty well and then I would go to the next song and I would maybe try something similar and it wouldn't work the same way like the way that the parts interacted or the sounds that I chose, the way they interacted with the instruments. Like every song, every recording, every beat is like a new experience and like a new set of interactions that I feel like it just teaches you a lot because sometimes things will just work really well and sometimes they won't. But you'll find other things that work really well. Um, so anyway, that's that's always my advice uh, to, to people who are interested in uh, music production. Just crank them out. Be okay with them not being where you want them to be ultimately. Because if you just keep cranking them out, taking them from start to finish... And finishing them critical. Just start to finish, you know, create a completed song and just be okay with it. Like, if this song is a piece of crap, that's okay. It's done. Like, I may, it's it's a finished song. I'll do I'll do better on the next one. And then take what you learned from that process because chances are you you probably learned some kind of trick or some kind of technique. And you keep accumulating those as you, as you make more completed tracks, um, and it's important that they're completed because there's a lot of tricks and like s- strategies and just some kind of mental muscle muscle uh, involved with making decisions and um, doing whatever you have to do to like get to the finish line. You learn stuff in that regard as well as like technical mixing and recording stuff. So, yeah, just be okay with making something that's not up to your ideal um, because the only way I think you're going to get there is by making a large volume and by having a lot of experience going through that process. And that that's what will get you there, I think. I mean, that's been... That's been what my experience has been so far. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm still, you know, I'm not like where I want to be with my production, but I'm happy with it. But I still see the differences between mine and some of the artists that I really um, admire, like their production. So I I can hear the differences. So I know I'm not, I'm not, where I want to be, but I'm happy with my productions and it took a while to get there. But, you know, when I listen, when I listen to, uh, Todd Terje or Oliver or like air or, uh, I don't know. There's a, uh, Tame Impala, like there are certain artists in their production. They just have it more better they have, <laughs> they just have it down better. Uh, it, it just like sounds better to me. Um, so I'm still definitely working at that myself, but I'm not letting that stop me from finishing a song. I'm not, I'm not listening to my song and going, ah, it doesn't sound as good as this Oliver song. Like, and then not finishing it. Like I finish it, I do the best I can. Um, and then I just try again on the next one, and that's what I would suggest to anybody because if you don't finish your songs, it just kind of stops your creative flow and it kind of slows you down. It kind of takes away momentum, and I feel like momentum is a very uh, powerful thing when you're, when you're writing music and when you're producing music. Just I feel like whenever you finish something... Even if it's not your ideal, which, you know, a lot of my stuff is not my ideal, yet I finished it nonetheless, um, tried to learn from it and and do better on the next one, um, there's a momentum that you get from that and a satisfaction, even if you're not totally 100% ha- happy or convinced that it's like the absolute highest of your potential, that you've done, like you did the best you could at the time and you're gonna, you're gonna keep getting better the more you do that. So, I mean, that's kind of like this, this last album I just released, Fire on the Beach, there was, there were a couple songs where like, uh, well there's one song, Alamito's Beach, and I was having a really hard time getting the bass to sit right in that song. Like I I couldn't get the bass I, I was having a very difficult time having the bass be bassy enough but not muddy and like tubby. Like um I wanted it to be it 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 was really hard to get the balance of the bass and um yeah, pretty much just like the bass I've never really got to a place where I was like 100% happy with it, where I'm like, yes, this is 100%. I'm satisfied with this. But I got it to a point where like I could live with and like, I still enjoy the recording and everything. But I know that like, I could have spent another like couple months just tinkering with the bass on that. And I might've been able to get it a little better. But I want to, you know, I want to work on other stuff. Um, it felt like it was, uh, I had gotten to a point of diminishing returns and it wasn't worth it anymore to continue to spend hours tinkering with the bass, trying to get it uh, to sit the way I wanted. So that's an example of like something where I just had to accept, I didn't have to, but I wanted to finish that music. And I got to a point where I felt like I'm not making any progress anymore. Like this is as good as I can do right now with this recording, and, you know, I accepted it, and moved on, and I think, uh, let's see, yeah, there's another song, too, Shoreline Village, um, where I was, like, I was trying out a new technique, and, you know, I like the recording, but it wasn't, like, wasn't one of my best, But, you know, I spent a lot of time on it and I just got to that point where I felt like, you know, I don't think I'm going forward anymore on this. So I think it's time to just try to make the best decisions I can and wrap it up and accept however it turns out the best I can do at this moment. And uh, that's what I did. And I think... That's what holds so many people up is the perfectionism they're not happy with where it's at but the irony is that you have to go through those to get to the place you want to be like you have to go through those finished tracks that you're you maybe feel could be better I mean at least I, this is all my opinion but for me at least like I had to have gone through all of these tracks to slowly get to the point I'm at now and I'm going to have to keep going through that process to get better than I am now and there's going to be tracks where I feel like, you know, this isn't as good as I want it to be but you just have to get it to a point where, you know, you feel like it's the best you can do at that moment and and move on and learn from it. It's also, maybe it's just a personal thing, but like I mean, I live, I live for finishing, releasing, and, and just sharing music. Like putting music out, I just get so much satisfaction and happiness from doing that. So, I might be a little weird in that if I'm sitting on a, a song for too long, like if I have, if I'm working on an album for too long, I start to get like anxious. Um, like I need to finish this. Like this is just like weighing me down um which is you know so my my opinions are a little colored in that regard that like I just feel like I always want to be moving forward and I mean it's that that mentality has I feel like it's served me really well so far and I just don't like the feeling of being stagnant creatively and uh Whenever I'm working on the same idea for for too long, it starts to feel stagnant, and I start to become, you know, unhappy doing that. And I think the way I can tell when it's gotten like stagnant for me is when I when I no longer am having a lot of ideas for it. Um, whenever I'm making little changes, getting really microscopic with things, but not really making a big difference in the overall quality or emotional impact of the song. So if I kind of notice that I'm getting at that point where I'm just like changing these tiny things that nobody's going to care about or notice um, and, and things that I don't even really feel make that big of a difference, but I'm just getting you know, obsessive compulsive or, or just like, just, um, losing perspective on the song. And just, if I start to feel things like that, then that's, that's when it's time to button it up and move on and just accept it the way it is. Um, accept that, uh, you know, there's imperfections and I, I really did the best I could, but my time is not making this any better at this point. Um, So, you know, I feel better served in that scenario by just finishing it and moving on. All right, let's go on to the next response that I want to talk about. This is by my brother's friend, Steve. So in response to my question that I posed on Instagram... What is your greatest challenge as a musician or music producer? Steve said, trying to focus. I'm strapped for time and only get a few hours a week of music in. Focus. Yes. You know, I have the same issue as you with this. Um, definitely struggle with with focusing um, because there's so many different things that I feel like I... Want to or need to be good at. Um, that, you know, it's hard to, to focus on. On uh, advancing those skills. Or putting time into doing certain things. Like practicing. But, you know, a few hours a week. I mean, at least the... That's not bad. But, um... I mean... Here's my thought on on this because there are definitely things in my life and in my music world that I, you know, want to spend more time doing or, or sometimes there will be things that I, you know, feel like I could benefit from doing more. And I feel like the only way that that happens is if I make a decision to prioritize that activity and I make a plan for when I'm going to do it. Um, So I think it, it, for me, at least it comes down to making a decision to do it and prioritize it and that, and then having a plan of when you're going to do it, because if you don't have a plan for when you're going to do it, then it most of the time just keeps getting pushed back or just like shuffled around and then forgotten about that's what happens for me at least. Like, um, you know, journaling and meditation and exercise, those are three things that really like make my mental health just like more stable and and makes me feel better in general. And I feel like it, it just makes my life better and uh, it makes me more effective at what I do. But you know, I still encounter a lot of resistance to do that even though I know it helps me so much which is kind of perplexing why I resist doing those things. But um, I feel like the only way that those things happen is if I decide to prioritize those things and make a plan for when I'm going to do them. So for me, that, that means doing them first thing in the morning before I look at my phone. Like I need to use an alarm clock, not my phone and not look at my phone until I've done those three things. Because if I look at my phone, I know it just happens that I just get sidetracked completely. And then before I know it, I'm like downstairs, like working on something or researching something just like, like, totally going astray from any plan I had. It happens so easily. So for me, I need to not look at my phone and, and then do those things that are important to me first. And another thing, um, I did an experiment in 2019 where I implemented some lifestyle changes um, for a month. And I, you know, just like committed to doing this for a month to kind of see what it felt like. Um, they were in my earlier podcasts, but it was like seven things that I was going to do every day. And, and it was, you know, journaling, meditation, um, exercise for an hour. Uh, and one of the things was wake up at four thirty in the morning every day, weekend or weekday just I just wanted to see what it felt like to to live like that and I think where I'm going with this is like when I did that I feel like I had a lot more time in the day to use which is weird because I was awake for the same amount of time but it just felt like I had so much more time and my theory is that Whenever I am on a normal schedule and I'm waking up, you know, at 7 or 8 or whenever and going to bed at, you know, midnight or something, the last maybe two or three hours of me being awake a lot of times would just end up being like being me watching TV or playing video games or, you know, looking at my phone, surfing the internet with no agenda or no purpose. It was like, you could call it leisure time, but like it was not really serving me in a meaningful way. Like I, relaxation is important and it's important. I'm sure too, with people with different jobs that are more stressful than mine, which is not very stressful at all. Um, You know, they need to time to just like shut their mind off after, after work and just, you know, veg out for a bit. But for me, like the amount I was doing was excessive. Like I didn't need to watch TV for like three and a half hours. Um, so I had to make some sacrifices with, because I had to go to bed earlier. Um, and mostly that just involved, you know, I had to watch less TV, um, and, and not, surf the internet on my phone before bed like that (laughs) that's kind of what it came down to but anyway I'm getting off track again what I noticed was that the extra hours when they're at the end of my day were much less useful or like productive than when those extra hours are at the beginning of my day um so I just remember like I you know I had you know, a daily to-do list, which was very, very helpful, uh, for me, which another thing that I like have to make myself do, which is dumb cause it helps so much. But, and then I had like these, all these things I wanted to get done in that month. And it felt kind of like overwhelming until I started doing the waking up at four thirty thing. And then I felt like, you know, I can, I can get these things done. Like, I feel like I have time. I don't feel like I'm behind as soon as I wake up, which <laughs> I guess what I'm trying to say is, you know, if it's a if, if it's something you want to do, uh, if you want to get more music in, you got to make a decision to prioritize it and and try waking up earlier and um, doing it doing it then or. Try to find a time when you could uh, plan to do that and you don't make any other plans during that time to do anything else. And, you know, even if it was a short amount of time, but if you just made the deliberate plan that this time is for that and then you follow through with it and you keep that up for a consistent amount of time, you know, that could have a, a big effect. You know what they say, man. It's like it's like the droplet of waters would carve the canyon, dude. The grand freaking canyon, man. Was, you know, a drip of water, like, once a, a little bit, just a little bit at a time for a long period of time can do a lot of heavy lifting, bro. It can move freaking mountains, man. Um, You can see how that goes. And, you know... What helped me is like, that felt like extreme to kind of make a plan to like, I'm gonna wake up at 4.30 and like do all this, these certain things that I never do. Um, but it kind of helped me to, to do it if I just kind of treated it like a test, like an experiment, like I wanna know how this feels. Um, I wanna know what it's like if I, like in your instance, like if I, spent 15 minutes or half an hour, like playing guitar or whatever, every day. Um, I just want to, you know, I'm going to try it out for this period of time and see, see what it's like. And I can commit to that. But, you know, depends um, how, how important it is to you, like how much you want to do, whatever it is that you feel like you're you're not having enough time for and then you know just making a decision and a concrete plan of when you're going to do what you're going to do and for how long and then just sticking to that plan i mean that that always works for me if i really want to do something but i am not i'm not really one to be speaking about this with much authority other than that i tried that experiment on myself And, uh, but like, and I found that I had a lot more time to do the things I wanted to do. Um, but yeah, in general, I'm also a very, very unfocused and, uh, kind of just all over the place. And, uh, you know, I struggle with that trying to organize my efforts, um, and like structuring my, my efforts. But, you know, what I've found is if I don't, if I don't organize it, and i don't make a plan and i don't have something solid to refer to which is why like i really loved the making making my plan for the the following day before i go to bed i really liked that i don't know why i don't i don't do it anymore cuz i'm stupid but i that was really great because then every day you can kind of just like prioritize what your next day is going to be and That was really, that was really helpful. But like I said, I'm stupid and I don't do it anymore. Um, And as a result, you know, a lot of the things that I want to get better at, like practicing piano, like I completely don't do that. Like I haven't played the piano in a long time. I mean, I play keyboards when I record, but that's, that's much different than like trying to advance my skills as a keyboard player. Like I'm just playing like melodies or just very basic stuff you know, I don't, I don't spend time learning the guitar, like really learning the guitar. Like I, I play to record, but I don't put the time in to really be a student or really like get my chops up or anything. Like, so that's, that's something else. What else? I could say the same thing for bass, drums, and vocals. Like I, I don't, I have not prioritized the time to like try to advance my skills with those. So, I mean, but for me like the thing that I liked the most, more than any single instrument is just putting recordings together and like writing music um and just like making the audio recording of the composition like that that's just putting it together. That's my favorite. Part So naturally that's just what I do the most, but I guess whenever things get crazy with, with my freelance work, like my TV composing stuff, whenever I have a bunch of stuff to do for that and I have, I mean, there's two companies that I work for. So like if I have things for both of those and I have a show coming up and I have, um, like, and I'm working on something for a game, which is the situation I'm in now. And I'm also trying to start a sample business. Um, yes, I should take my own advice here because I am very unfocused. No, that's not true. I'm very focused on, but I'm like, I have like tunnel vision on one thing at a time right now. And then everything else gets kind of just like put on the back burner. That's the way it's been for the past like week or two. Um, cause I'm, I'm working on the sample pack. I'm trying to, trying to finish that, which has taken a lot more work and time than I anticipated because I, I got pretty into it and I really wanted to make something that was like top tier, something I would use and that I'm going to use all the time. Um, so I got super focused on that and just, uh, my girlfriend's been working nights. So like, I've just been putting a lot of hours into, to making this. We'll see if it pays off, you know, I uh, it's, it feels weird because, you know, I'm putting all this time into making this sample pack, which I know that there are people out there who make a lot of money selling samples. Like people and companies I've seen successful individual um, sample providers, and you know there's giant companies so and I've seen success in both, but I'm putting all this time in I'm not getting any money for it. I don't know if it's gonna work like if I'm gonna be able to sell this thing I know i'm gonna I know I can make a good product and i I just finished the product itself, and i it, I think it's a great. Product and it'll be really useful to a lot of producers. The question will be, can I sell it? Which is something I'm very bad at in general. Um, I'm good at making stuff, I'm bad at selling it. Um, so I feel like that's that's going to be the key. So for the first time, I'm like trying to make more of an effort to understand and learn about how to how to use social media, because that is where, that's where I find all of my sample packs. That's where these companies and people are doing all their advertising. Like, it seems like that's, that's where you do all the selling, like Instagram, maybe TikTok. Instagram seems to be the big one right now. Not Facebook or Twitter, it's Instagram. So, um, I guess what does making an effort mean for me? really all that means is like, I started listening to a social media marketing podcast and it's a really good one. I think it's just called the social media marketing podcast. And like, I should have done this a long time ago because I already understand a lot more than I did uh, a couple days ago. Um, Just about like Instagram and like, what is the value of reels versus stories versus your feed? And like, what is the value of TikTok? And like, how are people using that? How are businesses using that? And that, I, like, I should have been filling my brain with this stuff a long time ago, but I'm glad that I am now. And I I hope, uh, it helps. I'm sure it will help and, but will help enough. You know, I don't know. I've never, this is like a new venture for me. So I don't, I don't know what to expect, but it's totally worth a try because it's a product that I can actually make a good product. I just have to figure out how to sell it. And, you know, we'll see if I can do that. But I'm feeling very dependent on the companies that I work for. And I feel like if if I I would like to be self-dependent more than I, than I am now. Like I I could probably find other work, but like making digital audio products for music producers seems like a great business to get into for me because once I make this product, I can sell it as many times as I want. I don't have to keep making it. You know, like if I, if I do mixing for clients or something, you know, you got to do a new job every, every time you got to interface with the client a lot, which I know that can get, that can become tedious and, and difficult sometimes. And I'm sure like, I've never really done that much. I've only done that for friends, like people that I've been friends with. So it's been good, but I'm sure if I, if I opened that part of my business up more, I'm sure there would be a lot of social difficulties in like, you know, dealing with clients and, and communicating with clients and making sure they're happy, but also, you know, not going nuts. Um, I'm not sure. I haven't tried it. See, it's more appealing to me to make these digital products that I can sell, that I can make once and sell an infinite amount of times. Um, So really what it's going to come down to is the marketing and my ability to sell. Oh, and the, the company, by the way, that I, like... The name I'm using to sell these products under is Chalk Sonics. Um, and I just finished the, the first sample pack. I haven't posted it yet for sale. I'm trying to get all the promotional... I'm trying to get like some videos together first and just have everything... All the materials ready. And the uh, social media, everything set up. Uh, but the sample pack's called Punch Funk Love. And it's like punchy, tight electronic funk drums like for for modern electronic music um electro funk um and it's kind of like I, i produce so much music for tv and for chalk dinosaur like i've really come to discover which samples i find to be really useful and which ones work really well and there are certain types of sounds that i keep going back to because they're reliable and they just sound good easily in whatever beat i'm making so i modeled my sounds after that like i need more sounds that are of this quality um so that's what i did and i learned a lot about processing drums it's it's all this pack is all drums and percussion but yeah, I'm very anxious to try to get it out there and see what happens and see if people like it, um, see if people buy it and see if I can, uh, you know, make enough money to buy myself a Dyson ball vacuum cleaner. But anyway, the, I totally got off track there. I don't know when I, my rant went from answering Steve's question or, you know, addressing S- Steve's thoughts with my own thoughts versus just rambling. I feel like I've said the same thing. I feel like I've been a broken record. Just keep making songs and don't worry about if they're good or bad. Just do the best you can. Finish it. Move on. And try again on the next one. Focus on finishing songs. Don't focus on making the perfect song. Just like my pottery teacher told me in 12th grade. Don't focus on making the perfect pot. Focus on making a thousand pots. And then you're going to get some really great ones. And you're also going to be a much better potter. So, man, I need to find that guy to tell him how much his approach has you know how much i've adopted that philosophy and how well it served me i mean i think it's it's served me well like i'm i uh, i feel like when i listen to my first recordings and then i listen and then i and just like remembering how it felt to be doing that versus now like I, i'm very happy with the the progress that i've made and thanks to that philosophy of just go through the process as many times as you can of making a song from start to finish. And don't worry about if it's perfect. Don't worry about like how much you like it. Obviously, you want to like your own music, but everybody's very critical of their own stuff. You just have to be able to accept that it's not going to be perfect. And the only way to get to the kind of the standard that you aspire to is by going through that process many, many, many times from start to finish. Okay. Boy, that gave me a lot to talk about. Um, I'm definitely going to do that more and try to see, you know, what other music people out there are thinking about and uh, kind of chime in on their thoughts with my own and have this very disjointed conversation over two different forms of social media. Very, very exciting. But yeah, there's a new album. Check it out. Fire on the Beach. And uh, I've got a podcast lined up in two weeks with one of my favorite Pittsburgh music producers, Bus Crates. So I'm looking forward to talking shop with Bus Crates uh, because he makes some really cool music. Check him out. Check him out on Spotify. Bus Crates. I'll be talking to him next podcast. But for now, that's all. I bid you a happy Halloween. I watched Beetlejuice uh, last night, and that movie is so freaking weird. But it was enjoyable. I liked it. I uh, had only seen like little bits and pieces on TV. I never. I, I feel like I never watched it from start to finish. And um, it was entertaining. And um, that's it. i got to get some candy for those kids tomorrow. I feel like I'm not going to get... I've seen some kids walking around. I'll probably get like... I feel like I'll probably get 10 or less trick-or-treaters. That's just a guess. But, yeah. Got to be prepared. Right now, all we've got is a bag of apples. And we don't want to get our house vandalized, we better have some, some decent candy to give out tomorrow, but okay. Oh, in other news, I got a, I got a reel-to-reel tape machine, which I'm super excited about. Um, I had a reel-to-reel tape machine because my uncle Tom, he had one, he shipped it to me. It was probably a real pain in the butt shipped to me. And, and when it got to me, it needed some, needed some work. Um, so I took it to a service shop, a place that repaired vintage hi-fi equipment. And the guy was like, yeah, I'm like looking for a part. i got to wait for like a broken machine to show up on eBay, blah, blah, blah. He just had it for a while. And then his shop closed And I couldn't get in touch with him. I didn't know where he was. Like, he disappeared, My, you know, and I never saw the machine again. So it was gone. But then I got a new one uh, recently because I I think I I just had these thoughts. Uh, I was thinking about having tape more and more uh, until it just got too great of a force and it overcame me. And I said, I need to have tape. W- what's the, what's so great about tape? Like, why did I want tape so bad? I I have tape emulator plugins, and I use them all the time, because I love what tape does, and the emulator plugins are good. They they can get you pretty close, but um, God, there's just I I recorded some stuff on the on the real tape. And it just—it's—it's it's got its own thing. It's different. It's unique, and I love what it does um, to to sound. Kind of just like packs everything in. Makes like it like somehow increases. I love what it does to drums and like I don't know. It it kind of like smushes everything together, but like in a way where it's makes it like sound punchier or something, or. Uh, it saturates really nicely, like, it's it's hard to explain um, what it does, but it just makes stuff sound cooler to me, and it's like, the process of using it is also fun for me, because you, like, run it through this tape, and it's like putting it through an Instagram filter, and you get it back, and you listen to it, and it's like slightly different in a way that is very pleasing um, and in a way that I can't get any other way so I'm very excited to have that I bought this uh, it's a pioneer RT 701 it's a uh, from it's a real- to real tape machine quarter inch tape from the 80s and I had been poking around on the internet and it apparently this line the rt line has a a pretty big fan base because it's direct drive so there's no a lot of times with these old tape machines the belt like just disintegrates and like melts and just you have to get you have to replace the belts and there's uh this one's direct drive so there's no belt which was appealing to me and you know people on tape forums and gear forums they always talk about how sturdy this machine is and how you know how dependable and like just how well it works and how well it's built they talk about that all the time so i was drawn to the this machine for that i was also drawn to this because it it fi- fits into a rack like it's got rack mount ears on the side which I'm very excited about because I could actually fit this in my rack. I have enough space for it where all my other gear is. And if I use the five inch reels, like I could just have a tape machine right there in my rack and it would hardly be taking up any space, which is like, I'm kind of like paranoid or like OCD about space now because it's getting a little crowded in my space. So I'm like, not as drawn to like very large items as uh, you know, as the smaller ones. So I was excited that this one would fit in my rack. Um I haven't done that yet. This thing weighs like fifty pounds. But it's small. So I got this and the thing was like it was free shipping and but the seller on eBay like didn't he didn't put any info about this machine. He just said Great condition. He didn't say he had tested it. He didn't say, like, he did any kind of service or tune-up on it. Like, most of the other real to real machines on eBay, you know, the seller would say, you know, just, like, lubed the pinch roller and, like, cleaned the tape heads, demagnetized the heads, like, uh, I don't know what else people would list a bunch of other stuff, like, aligned the calibration doodads on the ding dong um but this guy just said like great condition and so I asked him like if he tested he said yep everything works great so and then I looked at his reviews because I was suspicious of this guy because he was selling it for a pretty low price and some of the reviews were like did not pack well like didn't didn't package the item well like there were several reviews like that so I was pretty nervous about that and I also saw that he didn't he wasn't like an audio seller like he sold a lot of bunch of random crap like a lot of like hunting scopes and like random household items so it's not like he was uh, a gear tech type of guy who would You know, I feel more safe when somebody who seems like they're really into audio sells me something because I feel like they'll take better care of it. Or they'll, like, at least know how to protect it when they're shipping. Anyway, long story short, it made it to me. It wasn't in perfect working condition, but it was, like, only a couple quick little things needed to be done. Lube the pinch roller, and then reset the height of the tape platter so that the tape didn't scrape and then it was good and i tested it and it works great i'm so happy but okay when i got that one i also got i also ordered another tape machine because there was another great deal i actually ordered the other one first this this teak a2300sx A2, uh, it's like another like smaller tape machine reel-to-reel But, like, the guy who sold this, like, really detailed. I could just tell he loves reel-to-reel tape machines, and all he does is, like, fix them up and sell them. So he was, like, just going into so much detail about how much stuff he did to, like, make this unit, like, pristine. And, like, um, so I just felt really good with him. And when his package arrived, it was very well-packed and, like, it was so protected. The only downside about that machine is it kind of smells like a bowling alley where people were heavily smoking for like 50 years, um, which is surprising because the machine's made of like metal. <laughs> but um, yeah, that that's a beautiful machine. That, that one looks really nice. This Pioneer one, not as good looking, looks a little more futuristic. But I wanted to get it because it's got like a pretty big fan following. People... Really like these particular machines, and um, they sell for usually several hundred dollars more than what I bought this one for. So this one was kind of like, well, maybe it's an investment machine. Like maybe I'll maybe these the value will go up as these things get more rare, and I'll be able to at least get my money back. But in the meantime, you know, I got two tape machines. It was weird. I was kind of torn about which one to buy, so I just I just bought them both. Like, well, one of these is a collector's item that, you know, will go up in, in value. Hopefully, we'll see. Maybe it was a Dingus move. Uh, I think I had been working a lot and um, it was an indulgent reward that would also serve me in my sample creation business because I can now provide the sound of tape. I could also use it to make money by uh, you know people will pay me to run their mixes through tape or they want a mix on tape or something like they want the sound of tape but you know I've paid for that and uh, that would be an easy job. I just run a mix through a tape. But um, anyway I just like having them and they make me happy to run audio through because it just makes it sound like another reality, not exact photographic digital reality, which isn't always the best and like, it's not always the most flattering to have a photographic, you know, super detailed reproduction of reality. As many of you may have noticed from like very high def pictures of you and your face in certain situations where you're like, you know. I prefer the memory of this over the high def, brightly lit photograph of this moment, you know? Or like, you know, the news, watching the news versus watching Rocky, like the way those look are so different, or like Jaws. It's like, I prefer that fantastical reality that uh, analog medium provide like film and tape it's fun to play with anyway I am rambling so much on this episode but anyway um, I got so much more music in the tank that I need to finish now that I'm done with fire on the beach I can get started on the next batch I think I'm going to try to do small batches and and just keep them coming a little more regularly than the gap between spectrum and fire on the beach was a little too long for me i feel like i I should have done that faster you know what what's weird i was like all right i'm gonna take my time on this album and you know not rush these and some of the songs like i put a lot more time into than i needed to i think like And I don't think like, did they? Okay. This album took me 10 months to really like, wait, no. April, May, June, July, August. Okay. It took me like seven months. And Crystal Coast took me like two and a half months. Does this one sound any better? No, I don't think so. Like, it's. I think the quality is like the same. I mean, the the recording quality on some of the songs is better on Fire on the Beach, and the recording production quality is better for some of the songs on Crystal Coast. Like, some of them are. I really think they're top notch, and other ones I'm like, eh, it could have been better. But, like, I don't know. That was just more proof to me, like, I could have released these earlier and they would have been probably just as good. So many ideas uh, for songs that are on my Instagram that I made for videos that like I really like and I need to turn them into full length songs. And then also need to get a full band, the next full band album we need to get that going. I feel like that could be really awesome with the addition of Michael Berger who's you know really talented musician and bass player and composer I just imagine sometimes like what how good that album could be if we if we put the time in and we prioritized the time to work on it and refine it and, and get really uh, gelled as like a group playing our ideas um, so um, I think it's it's just a matter of putting the time in and I think the full band album could be really awesome. So, yeah, I think I got electronic album. Some, I got some ideas I'm really excited about for that. like a, More of like an organic funk album, which I'm excited about. Um, I mean, that's enough for now. But I, I, I've got a backlog of ideas I need to develop. And, um, oh, yeah, I never... I never answered the question myself. What is your greatest challenge as a musician or music producer? Well, for me, it's pretty simple. There's there's one thing that's always been a, a big challenge for me, and that is figuring out how to apply my, my skills and my interests and my abilities, how to apply those in a way that translates into... Um, a, a way to make a living. And right now, my my greatest challenge is like f- trying to figure out or decide like what direction should I be going in? Um, because obviously I, I do Chalk Dinosaur. I love doing Chalk Dinosaur. That's like what I love to do the most. But that doesn't really make me any money pretty much when you consider the expenses of all these random expenses that I have as like to do that. Um, it's really not even close to, to supporting me at all. Um, so to support myself, I do freelance composing work for TV show, TV shows. And that's been really freeing. And that's like, I do enjoy that work as well to a degree Um, but it's not quite, I'm not like at my ideal yet and I'm trying to, I think my greatest challenge is like figuring out what that is because when I think about, well, if it was Chalk Dinosaur, if that was what I was going to do to make a living and that involved like a lot of touring and that involved like having a really, uh, rigid schedule planned, you know, a year out in advance. Like, I don't know if I would, that doesn't sound that appealing to me. Like I, I freedom, freedom to do whatever I want to do, uh, whenever I want to do it. Like I, I got that with this freelance, with the freelance work and like, I don't want to give that, (laughs) I'm so resistant to give that up because it, it means so much to me. Um, and it's like a very important thing to me, apparently, because like, I, I'm very torn about like, well, should I pursue, should I pursue my artist career in performing or like, how should I proceed with, what, what can I do <clears throat> to like, to make a living with, uh, with music that be, because like touring, I don't think is it. For me, like for some people, that's what they live for. That's what they want to do. That's what they have to do. Um, they have to be on the road and, and touring a lot. And that doesn't sound that appealing to me. I mean, my ideal, like what it sounds appealing to me is if I was in like a Wolfpack scenario where they've grown this huge audience. And they have done. They've grown this huge audience not through relentless touring over decades. They did it through their content on the internet and through their music. And then, once they had this big following, then they could schedule shows if they want to play, and they could sell them out. They don't have to play nonstop in order to like live. They're playing when they want to, and then they sell out. You know a bunch of shows so like that seems like the ideal scenario in terms of like artist being being order art, artist uh being supported by your artistry um whatever they do is like man that's that is the most appealing model that i've seen so far um, because like playing 200 dates a year like i don't think that's for me um I think touring would be better, like, I might consider it if, like, it was at a point where I could have, like, a, you know, pretty luscious setup with just a, you know, a bus and a driver and, like, roadies and stuff. That sounds, like, very... That <laughs> sounds very spoiled. But, like, that that's, like, the only way I could see it being doable for me and, like, keep my happiness. If I was going to be on the road for a lot of time, like, I don't know. My ideal, I think, is being in a situation where I can choose selectively which, you know, fewer but more select events that are bigger. Um, But, you know, how how else do you do it? I don't know. So this is my biggest challenge is like, what the heck do I do? Like I, I, know I've got, I got some good music. I, I can make good sounding music. I enjoy doing that. Um, I think our band can play good shows. Like I think we can play. We're definitely good enough to to be professional touring band. But how do we put these things together in a way that is like that? May that that we can do. Like, I mean, considering us, Chalk Dinosaur, as a four-piece band where everybody's got a career that supports them and there's this, there's uh, like, I don't know how bands do it, but like at some point bands are able to support themselves from their band. And like, I just don't see how, I don't see the path, how to get there. Um, At least not a path that I want to take yet which is like, even if even if we wanted to tour a bunch and, and go that route where you just tour relentlessly for like 10 years, which I don't want to do because I feel like I would become unhappy pretty quickly. But who knows, I haven't tried it. You know, I'm just speaking from my limited experience whenever I have, you know, what to me is a bunch of shows in a short amount of time like I get pretty worn out from it Um, and it stops being as enjoyable but like that's just not even possible because like you know everybody's got has to support themselves and like touring is not the answer for that right now I don't know what is and then I don't know what does it mean to be yeah I, I don't know Anyway, as you can tell, this is my greatest difficulty. Like, do I should I just be pursuing music production and and not not worrying about advancing myself as an artist and just continuing to just release music at my leisure and not really worrying about promoting it or like performing it or, you know, just doing it for my own enjoyment and releasing it and if people like it and listen to it then that's amazing. But if, you know, I'm not gonna worry about that and just focus on Music production, focus on this sample business, focus on doing production work for other people. Like, that's an option. What would that be like? You know, I don't know. I really, the path is so unsure, uncertain. Like, I've just gotten used to it at this point. Like, I have no idea what's in store. And I'm just going to keep trying to make the best music I can and get as good as I can at the skills. And, you know, I know I have a good skill. Um, I just don't know quite how to apply that uh, in a way that, you know, I can translate that into, you know, a salary type of thing. But, you know... I kind of have accepted the mystery of life um, and as long as I've got as long as I've got the things I need and you know I'm happy I really am I don't really need anything more and I've uh, I'm, I'm pretty at peace with the uncertainty because I I, I trust the the way of the universe uh, you put enough energy into something You know, it leads you somewhere. Might not be where you expected. But, uh... I think as long as you keep putting in the effort and you keep showing up, you know, things happen. That's what's happened so far. It's just, uh, you know, it's a very long journey. And I guess it doesn't end. Until you die. Um, so, yeah. I'm okay with, uh, being patient and just taking life as it comes. Anyway, I got very deep there. But you know, we were talking about challenges. So yes, the challenge for me is what are you gonna do with your life? <clears throat> that is the challenge. Okay, well, happy Halloween. Congratulations if you've made it this far and listened to all of my stream of consciousness thinking uh, out loud here. Um, yeah, have a good week.